0: Hello and welcome to "Let the Bird Fly," a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. Wade and I are in the studio, also known as uh, Wade's Storage Locker. <laughs> I think we have some. Do we have baseball cards from your youth in here? We do. <laughs> we should break those out.
1: Some of the stuff that um, from when we moved. Yeah. And then I suffered my grievous injury. Yeah. Um, it never made its way back out, and quite frankly. There's no room for it in the house. Yeah.
0: So you your your wife probably We should go through those well, someday though. There there is always room. It's just that this is not priority.
1: Right. They're uh, uh, they're organized by like teams, yeah. years and teams. There'd be a... Yeah. Uh, maybe you could find some good cardinals yeah. you like.
0: Absolutely. We should do that one day.
1: <laughs> you are sitting next to one of my bikes.
0: Yes. Which is fine. I get that. Um various 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 things. Um we're here uh to record on an article that by Christopher Caldwell, which I believe was entitled something along the lines of, is America becoming pagan or something like that? And I found that it's very short That's New York times, I believe Um, it's right up my alley in the, in the sense that uh, I really like the idea of Pitrim Sorokin and Frederick Bowie's idea of, we're coming out of the materialistic age, and we're going into a more, Bowie's term is a Therian age, I would say, to simplify it, a more spiritual age. Uh, not necessarily Christian, but a more spiritual age. In fact, we did an episode, I believe, on Pitrim Sorok and the crisis of our age, um, and I'll, I'll probably reference that, that theory a, a few times here. So, interesting article that you put me onto, uh, the idea that uh, paganism is maybe making a comeback, but maybe... To define paganism, not in the way that maybe we always think so. So I think it was a very short article, but very interesting. So that's what we're going to and talk about today. Yeah,
1: he's drawing from a um, book uh, <clears throat> by um. I'm my I don't I'm not good with French. Mm-hmm. Chantal Delo, del del mm-hmm. del Sol. I'm assuming like del Sol, like mm-hmm. from the sun or something. Um, la fin de la cretienté.
0: I'm going to go with it.
1: Uh, The end of the Christian world is how he translates it for us. And so we'll, we'll go with that.
0: Excellent. So did we have a free for, do we want to do a free for all today? I have
1: a brief one we can do. Excellent. Um, I'll throw it at you when we get there. Uh, what, are we a part of a podcast network or do we, we just do our pot, own thing? We
0: a part of the 1517 podcast network. That sounds interesting. What does
1: 1517 do?
0: Well, you know, it's it's hard to even pinpoint what they do. They started off as sort of just really one podcast and then a couple podcasts and then they have a publishing arm. They were able to buy some stuff uh, you know, titles from John Wark, Montgomery, sort of the new Reformation press, if you're familiar with Rod Rosenblatt and the White Horse Inn, that kind of vibe, bought the Magdeburg Press. That was a big mm-hmm. title that they bought. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. They, yeah. Yeah, we, we worked that out. Yeah. And um, uh, so uh, published books by both uh, uh, Dr. Wade Johnson and myself. Um, have Why do you
1: always do that? What Johnston, is my last name? Johnson. It's, I'm just sure. Fr- Johnson.
0: It's just you, the T is very. It is faint. insulting. I oh, okay. Michael uh, Bag. <laughs> that's be fine. You just you said it very fast. That's fine. Um, in fact, it would be like if you were if you were British. <laughs> that's how it would sound, right? Um, Doctor Johnston has uh, some books there. Uh, there's academy courses there. There's daily devotional work. It really is a one-stop shop for all things gospel. I would I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1517.com I believe is it
1: whatever org yes is it org okay 1517.org.
0: whatever it is whatever I think it is it's the opposite I think that Dan of that. Van
1: Voorhis has a new academy course on Christianity in America too so
0: yeah and he did he was the one who did the daily Christian almanac little yeah. bits and pieces still doing it I think so yeah, yeah very cool so lots of good stuff I would encourage you to uh, take a look at that stuff
1: All right, and then um, so that no one sues us, Michael, would you like to read the disclaimer?
0: This show doesn't speak for our churches, our church bodies, or our employers. To be honest, much of the time, it probably doesn't speak for us. We will be thinking out loud a lot. So approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism, because, well, as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out, look around, and realize you were just listening to a podcast. That's right, a podcast. So go live free, friends. And don't let us get in the way.
1: And that brings us to our free-for-all, where we discuss the pressing issues of the day. Um, today, uh, I was teaching Ephesians, um, and we were uh, working our way, Ephesians 1 through 6, because we're in the J term, we got to go quick. So it's a four-hour class, so that wasn't a ton to cover in four hours, I guess, if you consider across four classes. And um, <clears throat> we, uh, I got on a tangent. I know it's hard to believe, Michael, yeah. but I believe it was a tangent that made sense that tied into things. We were talking about election and predestination and kind of a... How America has early on had, you know, Calvinistic roots. I mean the
0: Even the Wisconsin Senate has had some sort of flirtation with mm-hmm. more reformed leaning theology. Yeah. Yes.
1: But you know, the um the the pilgrims that came over mm-hmm. that ate turkey before everybody got smallpox, mm-hmm. um, they were Calvinists. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jonathan Edwards, um kind of really up to Congregationalists. the Congregationalists. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have um this importance of Reformed thought or Calvinism, and it it's influenced America in a lot of ways. Um, and one of the ways is kind of this idea of destiny, manifest destiny. You might talk about or Reagan calling us a shining city on a hill. Things are
0: just predetermined, and they're gonna they're coming up American.
1: Right, and we kind of you know the New Jerusalem, or we're America, American exceptionalism. We're kind of this chosen place. Um, and then there's the places that aren't chosen, which is usually whoever we're beefing with at the time. So as an illustration, I was talking about the WWF of my childhood, and so like you'd have the Iron Sheik. World
0: Wrestling Federation.
1: Right before they had to change it because of Wildlife Federation or something, right? Oh, really? That's why they had to change it to WWE. Mm. And uh, but um, Hulk Hogan would fight people that represented our enemies, the non-chosen, right? Mm. So like so the Iron, you know, back in the time of the Ayatollahs. He's gonna fight the Iron Sheik. Um, uh, who is uh, the Russian guy, Vladimir? Um, uh, anyways, but he'd fight people from these other countries, mm-hmm. and uh, right, he'd be the chosen one, and he'd. So Andre the Giant's like choking him out, rah, rah. and mm-hmm. uh, Hulk Hogan's arm is like hanging down. You see my arm how mm-hmm. loose and limp. It is. It's, mm-hmm. just, oh, it's just there, and the 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 ref is like trying to lift it up, and it just. It's like spaghetti. Like he is
0: passed out, like he's being choked up. Yeah, yes. he's done.
1: Yeah. He's gonna lose. But then. And then his arm comes up and it does this. You see what I'm doing? Yeah. Do- what All of I a
0: sudden do- there's power there is it is there's power going through it. Yeah. There's energy.
1: Or like he'd be pinned mm-hmm. and the same thing, and then that arm would just go up mm-hmm. and then you, you know, you think of Hulk Hogan's music and I am a real American. And now the chosen we're back. We're in it. And Ooh, who were up.
0: underdogs? Right. Who were underdogs? And he yes. would
1: do usually he'd like go off the, um he'd, you know, run across the ring and bounce off the the turnbuckle or whatever. Come back, give a kick or, mm-hmm. and then most famously WrestleMania, he body slams Andre the Giant, who uh, I believe was actually French, but I think he just stood for foreignness. He's mm-hmm. this big looming foreignness, and. Um, but this kind of chosenness so I, I think it was a good illustration mm. and then I played while they did their next study questions I'm a real American mm. and during breaks I, I watched mm-hmm. how Hogan fights
0: I thought you were gonna say that it was reformed because it's uh, because the outcome predetermined
1: mm. well that's what I want for a free-for-all so the answer to this question I'm gonna ask for me is wrestling mm-hmm. right and so I was all excited I told Mike about this when I saw him in the hallway. I came in to record playing, I am a real American, and Mike was just, um, I'm like, weren't you ever in a race, Lenny? He was like, no, I thought it was stupid. Mm-hmm. And I believe you um, actually talk trash about the Bushwhackers.
0: I thought I actually, oh. I kind of like the Bushwhackers.
1: Yeah. You know what my favorite was, was always Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Bushwhackers. I used are- to carry, like I would grab things to carry like Hacksaw Jim mm-hmm. Duggan, and you'd do that walk, and then my mm-hmm. my poor little brother probably got hit with a lot of stuff. Yeah.
0: Uh, bushwhackers are interesting Because Australian right? right So they're sort of our friends But they're not gonna get they'll be, they'll be, They're fine second place
1: mm-hmm. yeah. And they're gonna down their fosters Yeah I mean
0: I, I sort of paid attention Until the, you know Maybe like fourth
1: grade So my question for you Michael is What was something you were into as a kid That now you look back on And you go How was I into that But maybe still with some nostalgia Like I get like When I was re-watching it It did look a little fake I'm not going to lie. Maybe. When yeah. I watch as a 44-year-old man-child. But at the same time, it still hit me right, right. here. Sure. Where, sure. where did it hit me, Mike? In your heart. In my heart. Uh, do you have anything like that? Yeah, I, you know... And don't say, like, Cardinals baseball or something. Well,
0: I was going to say, I, I think I was into, uh, you know, the day-to-day stats of baseball, you know, but...
1: It always has to be something sophisticated. No,
0: but, like... You know, baseball cards, that kind of thing. Like, for instance, let me give you an example. Like, I could probably tell you who won the World Series all the way in through, like, until I got into high school and that. After all, it's really fuzzy. But like, you don't I look back caring. on that now as being... I, I look back that I was a little bit more into it than I am now, but I look for nostalgia. Uh, here's here's one sort of that's...
1: But I mean uh, something that you look back and you go, man, that was stupid. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. I do have something of, like, something not exact parallel to to what you're talking about, but... Um, I bought... I think we talked about this before. I bought like a... Right at the tail end of when we still had like DVDs. Um, I bought a set of Looney Tunes for my children who are like, you know, Dora the Explorer. Uh, like, you got to see real cartoons.
1: Yeah, that's a better one, yeah.
0: And then I look at it and go, that really was stupid. Mm-hmm. And actually overtly violent to the point where maybe I don't want my children to watch this. Mm-hmm. And so I felt That's what like, made it good though. Right. I'm like, oh, that was... that I mean, was Tom and Jerry was... Right. It was so cute and whatever. And then I go, this is actually quite stupid. So I was disappointed that I was into that.
1: So um, Saturday morning cartoons, yep. but especially yep. Yep. Looney especially Kind Jones. of embarrassed by that
0: I thought that was funny.
1: So if you weren't big in wrestling, were you, were you a G.I. Joe guy? Not really. Really? You never blew up a G.I. Joe?
0: Can't say that I did.
1: That was classic growing up in the 80s.
0: I uh, um I was probably he man. I remember the cartoons, but didn't
1: Star Wars.
0: Nope, definitely not.
1: What act did you have any action figures?
0: Um no, I probably <laughs> gave that up at an earlier age, and, and I was not into video games either. I was always into, just like watching playing sports.
1: That's. What what did you do in imagination land?
0: I don't have imagine. I don't, I don't dream. Like if I dream, let me tell you, if I have a dream still today, all of my dreams are plausible. Like there's nothing that I dream about that is like supernatural or it's always plausible. And here's, here's uh, something else is disappointing. Um, and says a lot about me is when I wake up, um, my, and I wake up and I realize that, oh, I'm in reality. My reality is always better than my dreams. My, my dreams are always sub par and mediocre like well that kind of sucked
1: did you have tv shows that you would like act out when you played with your siblings
0: i mean i'm sure i did i don't remember
1: dukes of hazard
0: i did like dukes of hazard
1: you know what my brother and i used to play
0: you know who i actually liked uh the muppets like the old school muppets like fraggle rock
1: no no, i no, was no. into the fraggle no
0: stuff. i'm talking about like the like like the one where it was like a variety show
1: right yeah. Yeah, the fraggles were part of that Okay. They'd be like, now we go to Fraggle Rock, and then they'd.
0: I but that was a cartoon.
1: Fraggle no. Rock was in that as a cartoon? No, it was the puppets, wasn't it? Okay. But you know what show my brother and I used to? Hmm. So, my, so my dad had a truck, you know. Mm-hmm. He was a truck driver, but then he also had a pickup truck. Remember B.J. and the Bear? Mm-hmm. Oh, that show was great. The guy drove a truck, but he had, and then the bear. And guess what the bear was? Hmm. Guess. I don't know. BJ and the bear. What do you think? The bear? I don't know. Just guess it was a bear. A bear. No, it was a monkey. Oh, okay. And so one of us would be the like BJ and one of us would be the bear and you know, we would climb out the back window mm-hmm. like back into the um yeah.
0: I think we had different childhoods.
1: Yeah, I don't know. We played a lot of like TV show games and
0: We were always it was I think We lived across the street from a park in California, so up until I was like in eighth grade. Uh, And there was a basketball hoop and a big... I mean, we either played football or baseball or basketball. That's all we did. You would think I'd be better at sports, but not really.
1: We had a game um, where we would fill our super soakers with... uh, I won't say everything we put in there, but (laughs) um, dish soap Mm. so that it would make your eyes real red. And then um, we. this was... uh, supposed to be like a Rambo. like we were just imitating things. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we just played with water, people would say like they didn't get shot, they'd lie like if it wasn't clear. True. So you'd shoot in the eyes. Rock. And then the eyes would get all red. Yeah. And uh, that's how you would know you really got yeah. someone. Yeah. But I think that was that was Rambo movies.
0: Yeah. I also didn't don't remember much of my childhood, so there could be large portions sad. there. You need to go
1: talk to someone.
0: I really I really don't remember Maybe there I, was trauma. I remember a I remember a lot, but I think that it was just very ordinary. And I don't know what to tell you.
1: I'm going to go find some of my old action figures and give them here. <laughs> okay. And we're going to have a wrestling match. All right. Okay. All right. Well, we learned something about Michael, I think. And uh, um, if you guys had <clears throat> any uh, childhood things that come to mind as we talk about this, feel free to email us at... Uh, What's our email Mike? I have no idea. Yeah, I forgot to look it up either. Um, I think it's on our website.
0: We should check that. We
1: will tell Peter to check the email because I don't know if he has. Okay. Because there might be some stuff in there. All right, we'll make our way to the main topic. (laughs)
0: And we're back. Uh, we're here to discuss uh, Christopher Caldwell's uh, article about kind of a new paganism. Is uh, specifically America, but maybe probably the West is probably what he's after. Yeah, here. he's.
1: I mean, the title is "Is the West." Yeah, becoming is the pagan? West
0: becoming uh, pagan again? And again, I thought that was really interesting because. We have this idea, especially from this sort of martyrdom complex in the Christian church and in the conservative Christian church in America, where like everything's becoming atheist and Christianity is on the run. And I I think both of us would say, well, first of all, uh, the world actually is becoming more religious, like atheists are the ones who are actually saying, boy, this religion thing really is taking, not necessarily Christianity, but... Uh, It it bears out that people are becoming more uh, religious worldwide, at least. And there's a resurgence of Christianity a little bit in Europe. Um, There is some um, good indications that that, uh, many people from an Islamic background are um, turning to Christianity in certain situations in Europe. Um, But at the same time... um, we understand that this new age is not necessarily, although it may be holistic, religious, spiritual, at least open to that, definitely not necessarily going to come up Christian. And, and one thing that we've talked about uh, on air and off air is, well, what do you mean by this post-Christian world? If, do you mean Christianity is on the run and Christianity is not uh, doing very well? Did you mean kind of that Uh, shallow cultural Christianity? Did you mean that kind of business oriented self-help Christianity of maybe the eighties and the nineties? What do you mean by that? Because in a lot of respects, if that Christianity is dead, you know um, I'll be the first to throw dirt on the grave. Right. Um, And that's, that's kind of a, a maybe since last episode, we talked about late capitalism. We'll, we'll, Briefly, we'll talk about that. Maybe that's a late capitalism Christianity where you were obsessed with numbers. You were obsessed with numbers and numbers meant health. And uh, that's not, not always the case. And I think we're breaking ourselves from that. Even those, even those who were uh, neck deep into the what we call the church growth movement, I think, are realizing that. So uh, what do you mean by Christianity? What do you mean by being a post-Christian world? Um, maybe just I'll give a, a brief overview of, of how I think about Christian history and then I'll, I'll give it to you that you have the early Christian period coming out after Pentecost um, the early church fathers um, there is going to be times of persecution especially in the West that we that that have been uh, documented not not always universal um, and then you have a big change which is of course Constantine and then we, are in an age that we might call the imperial church, right? Up until the medieval church, and then you have the Reformation and the Renaissance, and then you have the church within the Enlightenment, but it is the church is still the dominant culture, I should say. Christianity is the dominant form of culture, even if the number of people in church fluctuates up and down. Are we finally getting to the point where that so-called imperial church, where the church... Um, and it's, it's the worldview that comes out of it is no longer the accepted norm. I'm not quite sure yet, but that is a possibility, and you could see signs of that. If that is the case, is that necessarily a bad thing? And if that is the case, what is going to replace it? And so this is one short opinion about, hey, we're becoming more spiritual, and paganism is kind of reversing some things, but then again, we need to define what paganism is, and uh, there's a couple things that I've highlighted, as you are highlighting right now, that I think would be interesting—a uh, part, of, uh, interesting part of this topic. So that's my overview, Wade. Where do you want to start?
1: Yeah, I think um, just to hit on. So when we're talking Christianity, um, we're especially here talking about it as a cultural force. We're not necessarily talking about every doctrine. And when um, when he talks about, or when she does, the book that he's, he's um, kind of uh, channeling, we don't mean the end of Christianity as a body of belief. We don't mean the end of Christianity as a practicing religion. We don't mean there won't be Christians or churches. Um, what, and uh, neither
0: does this author or <laughs> or the the book's author claim that. Right. right. Yeah.
1: What we're kind of talking about is Christendom. Right. That just there's the assumption that the West, for the most part, operates on shared Christian or sometimes uh, you'll have what will be thrown out instead of just Christian, um, Judeo-Christian values. Um, And I think um, we've seen uh, for a while uh, probably the West operating on some of the fumes of Christendom. Um, I know, Mike, you've talked a number of times on the podcast, about um, you know, while many in the West might not be practicing Christianity, a lot of the values in the West still have been um, formed or shaped mm-hmm. or Absolutely. influenced um, by Christian thought.
0: The, the borrowed, we're living off the borrowed capital of, yeah.
1: Right. And what um, he means and what she means isn't just, uh, also, isn't that um, nothing of Christendom and its values or its, um, its, cultural achievements that nothing of it will remain in fact he says there's always been um echoes of paganism mm. throughout this you know i'm going to say christendom this mm. this time of christendom um right the hippocratic oath is an example that is mm. used so it's not that all of paganism ever went away in fact right are we build um countries build their capitals often on greco-roman models right absolutely um, Down or, to the
0: architecture Right,
1: or we trace um, democracy back to uh, um, to Athens Or wherever we want to find its roots uh, So it's not that this will completely disappear As something that, that has vestiges or some influence um, But it is very much so uh, what, what they're getting at um, Is that there seems to be a transition And something else will be stepping up I think a helpful example that's used for instance um is uh the they use the example of a uh, um, same sex marriage mm-hmm. and he says in the same way today's post Christian progressivism comes with a large helping of Christianity, why use Christian matrimony to unite gay cap- couples, for example, rather than a new institution less wrapped up in Christian values because that is just the piecemeal way that civilization change happens, mm-hmm. right. So it's not as if a, a whole new thing is going to just suddenly fall from the heavens or that there will be easily delineated transition points, um, but that there seems to be a, a movement in that direction. Um, the big point I took away from this, um, and I I would like to read the book if it ends up in English. I don't know if it's in English yet. Um, but uh, he, he, um, he says that uh, Miss Del Sol points out um, that what is happening is basically – That in some ways, our public order is coming to resemble that of pagan Rome, where religion and morality were separated. Religion was a matter for the household. And here, I think we see in America, right, this trend towards the private sphere, Mm -hmm. right? Morality was determined and imposed by society's elite. So morality then becomes connected with power, Mm -hmm. which we also see, with grim results for freedom of thought. Um. And so uh, I, that's what especially intrigued me about the article because um, I think some people rightly point out when we don't have any more clearly shared cultural values kind of across the board, well, how do you frame morality or just law even, right? How do you legislate? Um, and we see that much of the debate now um, does come down to debates about power. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll bounce back to you, Mike, with any of those that... Uh, um, thoughts that I had uh, but I'm especially interested in that kind of private public morality and religion yeah I
0: uh, I got a few things um, yeah that private it's not, not necessarily I, I'm not sure if it's okay pagan Rome was this Christianity is this um, when it comes to what's private and public as opposed and I think he makes the point at the end it's more about where you are in the cycle of, of Of history. And this is where I can't help but think of Pitchum Sorokin and Frederick Bowie that there is, um, you know, the dominant thing becomes the minority, and the minority becomes the dominant thing. There is, there's a, there's a ebb and flow of this, and they put it into more idea, uh, uh, more ideas on one side and more technological statesmanship on the other side. And that we're moving from modernity, which was much more technically uh, was, was much more uh, about the technical advances rather than idea, music, education and stuff like that. we're coming into a more spiritual idea age. So he makes the, the case about when, when the altar of victory was removed from the Roman Senate by Christians Right, that the old pagan statesman uh, said, uh, Rome used to be tolerant, and now he can see that uh, those other pagan ideas are not going to be tolerated anymore because there is a new wave of thought, Christianity. Um, you could you could see that. Uh, I can't help but think about Notre Dame in the um, uh, French Revolution, where. Uh, you, you put up the altar to, of reason, right? And there's a new world order here and the old is not going to be tolerated anymore. So when it's not so much that Christianity was, yes, free speech, and uh, other people were like, we hate free speech. It was uh, seen in terms of power. And in this way, I think, seeing everything in terms of power and victim-impressors is, 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 is problematic, as we've said and, before.
1: And we ought not gloss over the parts of church history. Um, and then he uses later, for instance, when um, uh, the... Um, Christians in 384 have that. Right, that's what I was talking mode. about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sometimes in church history, we do kind of gloss over that. You know, um, there were some of these just sure. bare power plays that took place. Um,
0: so it's it's we're not denying that 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 much of of and that's where Christianity and power.
1: Christendom kind of have to be distinguished, right? Because right. this wasn't something that was fundamentally Christian, mm-hmm. but it was a power play by Christians. I'm so sorry for interrupting. Yeah, me. so
0: you could see. Uh, that being reversed in the French Revolution where the the age of reason and an altar to reason Mm -hmm. was Christianity that is no longer going to be tolerated. And so what do they
1: do with Notre Dame? They turn it into the Temple of Reason. Right, the Temple of
0: Reason. And so, uh, you know, what I think the author is pointing at saying if there's a shift here, there is going to be um, an intoleration of uh, maybe some Christian Christian thought, because it's, it's going to be a quote unquote, new world order. Now that's overdramatic, right? That's overdramatic. And I think,
1: I believe Hulk Hogan became part of that when <laughs> he left the, um, the, the WWE.
0: And, uh, uh, that, that's the problem with seeing things in terms of power primarily rather than in truth is that power can bring something new in very quickly but it doesn't always have a lasting effect. Um, so you could think of the Temple of Reason didn't last very long, right? French Revolution did not have a lasting effect like its counterpart, the American Revolution. Not, not saying America's better than, than, than the French, but in this case, I'll you could it. see some differences.
1: I will say uh, it any day
0: of the week, <laughs> Twice Michael. on Sunday? All right. Um and you know this because of Hulk Hogan and Andre.
1: Yes. And giants. uh you know what I might have some freedom fries today.
0: Yeah. Um so but, but I think what's also interesting and I do like to say this, that, that this this world that wants to be so not Christian at times, I would say passive aggressively so. Um is using the is is living off the borrowed capital of a Judeo Christian worldview. With that said,
1: which Christianity did in some Christianity ways. Christianity
0: lived off the borrowed capital of the Greco Roman right. world and the Hebrew world and and Egypt and all the rest. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. There's nothing while wrong the wrong
1: Renaissance with gave birth to the Reformation, it also gave birth to a lot of neo pagan sure. styled art and architecture and thought.
0: So I think to be more historically astute, right, is to understand where things come from and so you can rightfully say, especially when he makes the point of You know, same-sex marriage, purposely trying to say this is going to be a Christian thing, is to say, well, okay, first of all, why don't you just? And there were voices in the, um, um, the gay and lesbian world in the 80s and 90s and up into 2000s, who said, we don't want to be a part of marriage. That is that is a part of the a patriarchal, It's part of a, a whole different system that we don't want. There was an internal debate, obviously, within that. But the whole idea of piecemeal, too, I think is important, too. I think it's very naive to think that culture just changes. And the only way to do that is with power, much like the French Revolution. And it doesn't have a lasting effect. And, and part of the problem is that... You can have a strong man, you can have a power play, and you can force a cultural change. But what you give (coughs) up often is moral integrity. Like you did this by force, you didn't do this by morals. And so after a while, it just becomes power versus power. (coughs) It doesn't become about right or wrong or what is truth and and what is falsity. And, And I do wonder... About that in our modern world Where we do see things In our contemporary world I should say Where we do think tend Sorry, to Sorry Michael things for
1: coffee. Do you think it's COVID or tuberculosis?
0: Tuberculosis probably
1: You know what it really is? I drank some of this And then it's been like the yeah. wrong pipe And it keeps You know how it ever keeps tickling In the back of your mm-hmm. throat? Yep
0: Happens all the time
1: And then I gotta not think about it Because when I think about yeah. it It makes me Um. Sorry
0: So when we When we put things in terms of oppressor and victim. And we say, you have to force your way into this new morality, this new way of thinking instead of piecemeal. It's, it's, it's not going to work with that said, those who are truly oppressed, I'm not talking about people who are fake oppressed. I'm talking about people who are truly oppressed and there are many. It is really condescending to say to them, well, this piecemeal is not this. It has to be piecemeal. It can't be all, all at once. That just doesn't happen for people who have been waiting their whole lives. And you tell them that you have to wait for another hundred years for whatever social justice. So I get how that sounds. But I think the reality is, is that you cannot change a culture overnight. You can, but it will involve a lot of strong arming, a loss of free speech, a loss of freedom. And what's on the other side of that is, not a whole lot of love, not a whole lot of forgiveness, and nothing to you can do. You can you can deconstruct something, but it's something different to construct something. Yeah, you put it that way.
1: And and maybe here a little bit we can build out on um, when I think when Christians hear the West becoming pagan or the end of Christendom stuff like this, um, sometimes they can get nervous, panicked, even, um, and it can lead to uh, trying trying to you know remove the altar of victory again um, <clears throat> from the Senate and uh, and maybe this is a helpful reminder too that Christianity did pretty well in a pagan West right it uh had perhaps you know it's its most um, productive age this flowering um, and uh, and maybe, when we fret about that and we're trying to prop up the Christian West, um, we should step back and ask what of it do we mean as Christian, right? Um, because he does point out as well too that um, right? Jesus turned the other cheek sometimes get lo- gets lost um, when we are trying to legislate morality um, or other such things. That being said, uh, it is good when society appreciates, um, what God himself values mm-hmm. and it's good for human flourishing. Um, when people live, uh, in accord with God's will and with, uh, an awareness, um, of what people are and what they're built to be and, and how they best operate. Um, but even that isn't necessarily achieved through legislation. Um, that's really a, really a catechetical and a gospel venture. Uh, I know you read already, and I've read um, now. Jason is reading, and I think we'll have Pastor Borderline hopefully discuss. Uh, he read as well, the, the Politics of the Cross, a new book that had come out. And I think that's a point he sometimes makes as well. Uh, sometimes we want to go just wholesale for the immediate change at the moment, like you were getting at, Mike, with um, whatever it might be. But we miss that that the culture didn't get where it is um, all of a sudden. uh, Mindsets and understandings and worldviews, if I can use one of your words, um, shifted long before. Um, And so removing the the altar of victory was in itself uh, a testimony to changes that had taken place over time. And while that seemed a momentous change in the moment, right – it didn't come out of a vacuum Mm -hmm. well so also if, if if christians are concerned that the culture should become more pagan and less christian um we're not going to change that by electing the person who promises right to stave it off or by um passing the right laws or by um censoring the right things uh we we need to buckle down and be ready um to have a a witness, a gospel witness in the world, um, and to do some real catechesis um, with people uh, because we ourselves are not nearly as removed from the culture as we think. And um, some of what we value in the culture as Christian is not necessarily um, nearly as Christian as we think.
0: Let me give you maybe sort of like a, not an example of that, but just maybe a little bit of an irony here. The The altar of a victory, uh, Octavius, I think, put it up after defeating
1: whomever. And uh, Andre the Giant, I believe. You
0: know, and uh, I believe, actually, Cleopatra and Mark Antony. Anyway.
1: Were they, I don't remember, was that a tag team?
0: No, I think they were. Uh, was there like, like both sexes in the tag team? Like you can have like.
1: Well, no, but sometimes you'd have, like, Ultimate Warrior had Elizabeth. Okay. And she would sneak in the ring and, like, kick someone. Yeah.
0: Um, that would be a total Cleopatra move. Yeah. Any whoozles. Um, you know, the the, the problem probably wasn't the statue, but that the history of, I think, burning incense to it. You know, so it was a worshiping thing. So, like, if you and I were in the Senate and you're like, should we vote to get rid of this or not? We're like, yeah, let's not stop, like burning incense to a statue you know i get that um at the same time um it is a part of our past right so uh, we've been in the last 18 months it's died down a little bit but very much about statues in america which ones do you keep and which ones me which ones do you throw away and i think we sympathize with hey, this is a part of history at the same time like why was that statue put up in the right. first place yeah. that was done in 19. 19- 32 and not really right. okay. Um, and you know, if your Christian brothers and sisters are like, Hey, that offends me probably out of love. I'm like, I really don't need to uphold this Confederate general. I don't even really know the name of, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so it, but, but it's interesting, right? These things matter. Do you get rid of history? Do you whitewash history? Right. Do you do you whatever? Just
1: forget about States rights, which I mean, it, it was really <laughs> all right. about.
0: Yeah. Except when, when not. Um, but, what's kind of interesting is the victoria this woman the greek victor or the roman victoria of course is the um uh, the roman version of the greek nike or where we get nike from and so it is kind of what when you were talking about how we maybe sort of pick and choose and uh you know we 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 are taken by the brand nike which is named after a greek goddess who was Worshipped in the Roman Senate. You know what I mean? Like, maybe we're not as pure as we think we are. And maybe one more thing is we should talk about the word pagan, which is sort of like a, you know, uh, could be a a derogatory, like a a country bumpkin kind of word.
1: Yeah, redneck.
0: Um, uh, Not sophisticated or whatever. At the same time, what we mean by paganism here is not necessarily a. Country bumpkin, or somebody who is worshiping the tree, although that would that word could encompass all of that, but things that are not Christian, and so when we when we when we mean paganism, it's and not. They're
1: eclectic, but within certain yeah, common bounds.
0: It, you know would I call uh, Aristotle a pagan, sure, but I still have some. You know, I still breathe in Aristotelian categories whether I know it or not. And I would agree with Aristotle on a whole heck of a lot of things as everybody would. So it's not so easy to to make this divide. Here's Christian and everybody else.
1: And, and I think some of the things that
0: since we still worship Nike,
1: right. And some of the things that paganism would have had in common, right. Was, um, while the Greeks and Romans might've had different gods or goddesses, as far as names, they tended like the Greeks would be like, Oh yeah, that, that one's this one in our system. Um, but it also was definitely focused especially on this life um, and a kind of like reciprocal relationship with the gods and goddesses. It was very human, mm-hmm. right? Um, think I'm, I mean the Mount Olympus is like a Jerry Springer show and the gods and goddesses um, are very passionate, right? They they exhibit both the, the strengths and the weaknesses of humanity. Um, civic virtue was very much built into um, what this meant. And I think we see this in, right, in, in the rise of paganism, so to speak. Um, right, These are commonalities. Uh, people who are tired of hearing about, well, down the road or in heaven, they want change here and now. Um, maybe we wouldn't call it gods or goddesses, um, but common, you know, um, I don't even want to say maybe personifications, but common... Things that are valued in almost a religious way.
0: Certain types of patriotic, uh, uh patriotism could fall into this. Right. And even, maybe we don't, even in America,
1: maybe we don't build an image out of stone of it. Um, but a, a, also a very human, right? A rise in, um, kind of a, a more emotional, um, emotion not bad, right? We're less, um, less encumbered maybe as a way to say it. Um, you know, these would be commonalities, but to get back again, I think also just religion's fine. We can all have our own religion, but it becomes a a personal household or you go on Sunday to your building thing. Um, but anything outside of that, right. Becomes, um, a political thing. And this was the case with offering incense to the emperor. You mentioned offering incense. Mm -hmm. Almost no one really believed the emperor was divine. Um, but it was a political act. Like it was a recognition. If we don't kind of have these common things, um, how are we going to function? And there's people, there's Christians who say the same thing now. And he points that out. Well, kind of everybody, all these notions today are just parasites feeding on the remnants of Christianity. How will we have society without Christianity being the dominant force? Well, we might well have it, you know, it could be possible. Um, but, I mean, we also, I think, have these notions of um, almost like, uh, well, I mean, forced or um, coercive power plays, mm-hmm. right? And the question becomes, well, who's going to be in power and have the the power play? And this becomes, just as under um, Christianity, when it becomes, you know, inquisitional, it, when it becomes st- strictly about authority, um, so we can see that— um, with uh, uh this rise of of paganism perhaps as as well, and, and so the the individual can perhaps be lost
0: yeah i i, I mean, just, we think in terms also of ultimate and penultimate that if you make your nation state the ultimate, you're asking it to do a divine thing to be your ultimate value, and it's going to fail you um, and we we talk about how some of this takes on a religious aspect. There's liturgies, there's sacred things. Um, you know, the way we, we are told to treat the flag is, is quite sacred, right? We'll even use the word sacred, right? Well, if that's all you have, that becomes your God. And so you could, you could very much see a America without Christianity. Um, uh, it's going to be a lot different. I think a lot scarier, but it would be very much like Rome. Right? Okay, so you're not burning incense to the emperor to prove that you're loyal. But there are other loyalty tests that we have made for ourselves, right or wrong, right? On both sides of the aisle. Um, and, and so I, I think, from me, the point of view is, is do I see this as the future as, as a little bit scary? Not because I'm worried about Christianity's numbers not because I'm worried about the truth being completely snuffed out. I do worry about, uh, certain things replacing, uh, uh, religion in particular, Christianity and God, it being a political party, a nation state or whatever it is. Um, back to your idea about like, it's not like the, the people actually believe that Caesar Augustus was, was divine, maybe divine like, but not divine. I, we, we tend to think about it's, we had the Jewish God, and or the Christian God, and then you had the Egyptian God and the Rome God or whatever, and they're all competing, and sometimes the Bible does speak that way. But I think in reality is that everybody had their depiction of their little gods, and, and there were stories. But I think in the back of most people's minds, there was something else. <laughs> there right. was an actual force that began. Like Paul at like the Areopagus, yeah. Right, this unknown God, this, 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 the prime mover, whatever you want to call Even Hinduism
1: it. has that, yeah.
0: And so what... what, what what made the Jewish God different was the claim that this is actually the God that we believe in and we don't believe in these, whatever little things. So, you know, a rise of so-called neo-paganism. What does that mean? Well, it means that spirituality is going to be fulfilled in some sort of way. That's maybe not Judeo-Christian, but it's not like it's going to wholeheartedly be like Christianity or out of here, right? right? That was, that's something different and it will be piecemeal. It will not be, uh, January 1st, 2023, all of the churches are closed. It won't be that way right. like it was in maybe uh, Soviet Russia or other And I think
1: places. we already see in some ways, um, right, the new lip service that people sometimes feel they need to pay to stuff. Sometimes someone gets in trouble, like a very woke person, well, it turns out in private they, <clears throat> they said some unwoke things. Like we as a culture are already kind of learning, like, Here's what you say and do publicly, you know, to be a good person, but it's not necessarily a matter of conviction. Now, there's some who, you know, want to do sincerity tests as well, just as we've had with pietism and Christianity. Um, Just the last thing I'll quickly hit. Um, He hits on as well. um, So if another civilization comes to replace Christianity, it will not be a mere negation such as atheism or nihilism. It will be a rival civilization with its own logic, or at least its own style of moralizing. Right? What, what won't change, is it won't just be that there's a vacuum that we say, mm-hmm. okay, there is no God, there is whatever. Um, something is going to step in and replace it, and I think maybe in our own day we see, right, things competing to do, to do just that. Yeah, I.
0: I... We, we didn't really talk about the idea of wokeness and how the French actually roll their eyes at that, and right. think that's largely an American whatever. Uh, I've been preparing for a uh, uh, conference on critical theory in general, right? and uh, trying to balance that all out, what's the good and what's the bad. But the more and more I think about this, and I think about how we, how we got to the place we we're going to and all this that this is this is the attempt at another great awakening right mm-hmm. And the, the it's religious language What being awakened uh, being reborn whatever new change all that kind of stuff is it's moralistic language it's religious language and
1: and it's on the right and the left right now yep, yep, the, to be woke or to be you know on the left I mean the um, on, on the other side you know that people even who talk about it, an awakening you get yeah. into some of this cute stuff
0: and and uh, um, And there's some, actually some pretty left-leaning atheist authors who will call this a religion. And there's something scary about it, right? Um, Because often, at least from their point of view, when you get into religion, you lose logic, which I would disagree with. Um, But you can understand from their point of view that it becomes about you just believe it and you can't argue with somebody who believes something. Well, yes and no, right? Um, I don't think it's religion's fault necessarily that you can't. (laughs) argue with somebody and, and be reasonable. i certainly not from a Christian point of view. I would, I would disagree with that. Anyway. Um, I think we, it's interesting to, to maybe have an episode, maybe not a full episode, but to talk about just the language that is being used in our contemporary cultural battles and what that says about both of us, both sides, um, and really all of us, um, you know, and, and think about how both sides do these things like we talk about cancel culture as being something that the, the right did just as well as the left did. And I, I just think about, I think about it in terms of almost iconoclasm, right? The breaking of the images, mm-hmm. like we do not accept this and we will not reason with you. We will break this, you know, and that there's a, that's a very modern black and white, dare I say, sometimes overtly Protestant, like we talked about the reformed yep. history of America. Um, we don't tolerate anything else and we will break your image. We will break down the statue. Uh, there is no, there is no gray area. There is no, there is no nuance. And uh, so just that language is more and more religious. And therefore from this guy's point of view, right? Pagan, mm-hmm. right? Pagan, not necessarily in a bad way, but not necessarily in a good way either. Okay. I'm sp- sputtering here. And need to go, so. yeah,
1: you gotta go, and i gotta I gotta ride my bike home i uh almost killed some people today. I was so I've got my e bike you know, and I put uh, I got these new bar mitts, don't tell Trisha I got these because mm-hmm. i I was supposed to stop buying stuff for my bike,
0: so, oh bar mitts. i yeah I, I,
1: I, so you like they go on your bar and then you put your hands in them well, what if you
0: got bar mitts at your bar mitzvah
1: that'd be great that would be awesome, and um so i uh I didn't have them on well and they so since it's an e-bike, it has the pedal-assist buttons, mm-hmm. but it also has um, uh, throttle if you mm-hmm. want to go. Well, some students nicely like held the door for me when I was bringing my bike in, and the mitts must have got stuck on the throttle. Mm-hmm. So like the real wheel just starts spinning, and it like mm-hmm. went up. And then I should have just hit the brakes, which turns that off. Mm-hmm. But instead, I was kind of panicking, and my hands weren't in the mitts anyways to hit anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it took a while, but I finally got it settled down without getting it wrecked. At least I don't think I heard it. Oh, that's good. Find it on the way home. Enjoy your time at Wisco Michael. Um, I will miss you. Um, I hope you will miss me as well.
0: I, I will not be here Monday, by the way, because uh, uh, this is our field trip day for my Where theology class. We go to St. Jehoshaphat. Why didn't you Basilica. invite my class? Uh, you guys could come if you want. Nine o'clock.
1: We got to do Philippians and Colossians. Yeah, okay. so.
0: um, it's a great story. And a, uh, about those about the, the poles right? Yeah the poles Oh fantastic story About how that was built And uh, a real gem On the south side of Milwaukee
1: Well enjoy that
0: So I won't see you Until Tuesday probably
1: Okay Alright well have a good one And all of you in the meanwhile uh, If this ever gets produced And uh, comes out We hope you are uh, Letting the bird fly
0: Down. Get my party and not begin to I don't care what the people are thinking, I'm not drunk, I'm just a tanker, I'll set him up another round, I'll set him up another round, I'll set him up another round, one more round won't get me down. don't care